Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on this Monday night, filling in for Joe Giglio on the evening show. Obviously, a lot of baseball talk tonight with the Phils at the All-Star Break Home Run Derby players being introduced right now. I don't remember this being a thing in the past, but they're coming out of some sort of you know sliding doors. It's a big theatrical production. It looks like a wrestling entrance. It does. Like it the do- Rock coming in after their Corey Seager? Who knows? I wonder if they have entrance music. We don't have the uh, the audio here. Uh, but now being joined to talk about the All-Star game. They do have fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is bizarre. Um, and then they go to a stage of some sort. Uh, but joining us now, editorial director for Phillies Nation, uh, our buddy Tim Kelly. You can find him on Twitter, at Tim Kelly sports joining us to talk about the fills tim was down in miami boots on the ground for the series this weekend how was your uh your trip down to south florida tim it was great i enjoyed it quite a bit uh flying right now isn't necessarily a fun experience but once you're at the place it's fun yeah it's the first uh, i mean i have not gone on a trip uh since the pandemic hit so i imagine it's not it's not fun, and I just know that Miami airport is typically a disaster. So uh, I'm glad you were able to get back and everything okay today. So that's good. Um, but uh, <laughs> go go ahead, Tim. No, I was just going to say, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get into it, and we'll start with the Phils before we get to the All-Star Game stuff. But here we are, uh, Tim. Phils 49-43, and 43, obviously uh, a big sweep for them over the weekend in Miami. Just your assessment uh, where they are right now at the break, uh, considering all they've been through uh, this year to, to be in this spot and tied for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I think they really exercised some demons over the weekend in Miami to go into that stadium when you were reeling and in the, the past four or five years, that, that stadium has been a disaster for you. You're typically swept or lose three out of four or whatever the case is. To go in there, you got tremendous pitching, especially from your bullpen and especially from Aaron Nola yesterday. Uh, it, it really changes the tone because after that Toronto series, you had players missing. Uh, you lost both games. The second game was particularly ugly. Zach Wheeler didn't pitch well. Like It, it kind of felt like the first half was going to end on a sour note. So to flip that to sweeping a team that you've had a ton of trouble with, that's a great way to finish the first half. Yeah, and a big part of it, you mentioned it uh, there on on Sunday specifically, is Nola, and he was just he was phenomenal yesterday. Eight and a third, uh, scoreless, and and nearly completed that game. What have you seen, Tim, that has led to this this Nola uh, resurgence and him pitching more like the 2018 Aaron Nola as opposed to the guy we uh, watched the last last couple years here? He just doesn't walk people. I, I mean, he he's not walking. The strikeout-to-walk ratio, he leads, I believe he leads baseball. I know he leads the National League, and it's by a wide margin. So the fact that he's getting strikeouts and not walking people, uh, it's a great uh, mixture. And he's going deeper into games, which is something I think last year he struggled to do. He's second in innings. Now, Sandy Alcantara is blowing everyone away, but Aaron Nola is second in baseball in innings pitched, and uh, as much as he struggled last year, I think you're getting to the point now the Phillies are going to pick up the option for next year, almost certainly. And then you start to talk about another long-term deal for Aaron Nola. He's just been steady for the majority of his time in, in Philadelphia. 
Yeah, and as you said, the innings, I mean, he's in a stretch right now where it just feels like he's going, you know, seven innings or so every single night, and it's been huge for this team. And another guy who uh, really came to life down in Miami, Tim, was JT Realmuto. And obviously an up-and-down week last week for JT, you know, with his comments about the little bit of money, not being able to go to Toronto because of his vaccination status. Uh, But when you look at the way JT performed over the weekend, do you think that that maybe that – few days off it was beneficial for him to kind of reset uh before heading down to Miami for that series yeah I think that's entirely possible and given that you have a backup catcher and Garrett Stubbs that's playing well I'll be interested to see in the second half if maybe you see JT get a day off a little bit more frequently so you can try or at least be the DH so you can try and kind of keep him fresh because you're right that home run he hit Saturday was a shot I think he's fielding better this year than he has maybe since his first year here in 2019 when he won the gold glove. Uh, The offense has not been there prior to this weekend, really. I mean, if you compare the numbers to the first three seasons in Philly, they're drastically down. So they need to get him going, especially in these few weeks that you're trying to tide things over until Bryce Harper and Gene Segura get back. Uh, If he gets hot, you're in good shape because obviously Kyle Schwarber was not going to continue to hit a home run every night. So you need someone else to step up and potentially he's that guy. Yeah. And no doubt about it. Tim Kelly joining us, uh, Phillies nation at Tim Kelly sports on Twitter is where you can find him. Another guy who kind of came to life and not, not quite as much as JT, but it's looked a little better of late. Nick Castellanos, Tim, uh, positive signs from him. And, and do you think uh, Castellanos could be on the verge of, of really turning this thing around here? To be honest with you, I'm not sure because you've seen positive games or two, and then he seems to go back into this funk. Uh, It is encouraging that you've seen some balls that he drives to right center field because that's really when he's on. Like This is someone that is one of the best doubles hitters in the league when he's on. He's just so much better than he's hit. I get it. He played in Great American Ballpark last year. Maybe that inflated his numbers to a degree, but... He was a great hitter when he was playing in Detroit, which is one of the least hitter-friendly parks in baseball. So uh, they need him to get going. Obviously, it is what it is in the field. He's not a good fielder. The plan was not for him to be out there like this, but that's how the season's unfolded. But no matter what, they need that bat to get going because in terms of war, he's been one of the least effective players in baseball this season. Yeah, and, and you look back at, at when this thing kind of turned around, Tim, and, and really it's the beginning of June, and obviously we've talked about it a lot coincided with the firing of Joe Girardi and Rob Thompson taking over. You know, as you cover this team and you watch them, uh, how much of this do you think can be directly attributed to some of the things Rob Thompson has done, some of the moves that he's made tactically uh, versus this kind of just being a, a coincidence here? I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Um, I, I think Joe Girardi was always nice to me. I have nothing bad to say about Joe Girardi, but he is very intense. And Rob Thompson's a little more like personable and uh, kind of puts guys at ease, I think. And uh, I, I think that that kind of rubs off and creates the, the clubhouse environment. And uh, th- this team did not need to be like, any more stress or put any more expectations on it than it already had. That strategy was not working well. Now you bring in Rob Thompson, who's a little more even keel, and the results have been great. I mean, you have the second half to play out, and you'll see what you do. But if things continue on this route, not only would would he be at the top of my interview list, 
I, I wouldn't even have an interview process this off season. I, I don't know the exact rules, but like the way things have, they've gone so well, like my inclination would be just to say, remove the interim tag, give them a one-year deal with an option for a second year and don't mess with what's working. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that as well. And, and yeah, when you look at also just kind of the way he, he manages the game, I think is a little different. Like how fair is it to, to, look at the bullpen and their performance and think that's attributable to just Rob Thompson putting them in better spots than Joe Girardi did. Well, that one I'm not sure on because I, as much as I, I would never come out to the media and say, I don't like using relievers more than two days in a row, but generally I wouldn't do that. If I was a manager, I wouldn't use a reliever, especially someone like Sir Anthony Dominguez that has had an injury history more than two days in a row. Joe Girardi was right in that sense. And Jose Alvarado has gone from being a a guy that is an adventure every night to uh, legitimately like one of the top five or ten relievers in baseball over the last month. Andrew Bellotti's been good. Nick Nelson's been good. So uh, there's certainly criticisms you can make of what Joe Girardi did during his time here. But I think the the bullpen issues got really bad the last couple years. But even going back to when Gabe Kapler was the manager, the bullpen was really bad for like four or five years. And it's gone from that to now over the last month or so being one of the best bullpens in baseball. And to me, that that's a bit deeper than the manager. I think you've uh, potentially struck gold with Jose Alvarado having control of that cutter because that sets you up where if he can get ahead in the count, then guys have to swing at some of the pitches that are outside the zone. And we always said, like, this is a guy that has a Roldis Chapman type stuff. If he can locate it, and he's locating it now, and it, it, it Phillies have a really good bullpen if things hold up like that. Yeah, Tim, and I just wanted to follow up on, on Alvarado real quick because obviously he went down to Lehigh Valley, and he just seems like a completely different guy. Like, I was down at the ballpark for that game against Washington when he just went through the heart of their order, and I I mean, the stuff that he had that day was just incredible. Was there something mechanically that, that they did to change him, or or do you think this is more just like a mental reset that he needed? Well, it's a little bit of both, but they added this cutter now that he can locate and throw for strikes, and it's still at like 95 or 96 miles an hour. So it's a nasty pitch. And then when you have that, and you can also lean on your secondary pitches that are 99 and 101, you're in, you're in a really good situation. If you get ahead with his stuff, you maybe only need to throw one strike in the count to strike somebody out. And I think it's something like he came in yesterday and what was a high leverage situation and just kind of flicked it aside and the game was over. Like that could have gone south pretty easily. He struck out like 15 of the last 25 batters he's faced. He's, it, it's amazing what he's done uh, since coming back from Lehigh Valley. And we'll see. It's certainly one of the keys to the second half is can he sustain uh, having control? Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation, uh, joining us now at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter. And as for the injury news, Tim, not great over the weekend. Zach Eflin, uh, a setback with that knee. Um, Do you think the Phillies at this point should be relying on Eflin uh, coming back at some point? Or do you think they should kind of be operating as if, you know, you'd be unsure of his status the rest of the way? Well, I think, gun to my head, I think he probably does come back this season. But I just don't know. It, you can't bank on that. And you, even if he comes back, somebody else could get injured, somebody else could underperform, whatever. I would rather have six starters than four. And I, I think as much as center field is an issue, 
to me, adding like a mid-rotation guy, maybe not Frankie Montas, but also not like a number five starter. If you can add like a number three starter to this rotation that consistently will give you six innings, to me, that would be the number one priority, especially given the staff limits. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, the, the, the starting rotation right now, you don't want to be relying on Bailey Falter or Christopher Sanchez every fifth day. And as far as the other guys, you know, Bryce Harper, any, any new news on him as far as a, an update and, and his timetable? No, there's nothing new on him. And trust me, people ask <laughs> just about every day. They're, they're, uh, they've kept things close to the vest regarding uh both the finger and his elbow. So that's just kind of a wait and see. Uh, I think he'll be back at some point. I don't think he'll be back in the field, but that's just my guess. But uh, if you can add his bat back into the lineup, that would be a, a gigantic. It, it is usually stupid when people are like, well, if you get this injured guy back, that's like getting a, making a major trade. But <laughs> in the case of Bryce Harper, you're literally adding one of the top five hitters in baseball back. That would be huge. And you, you haven't been terrible without him. To add him back in, you're in really good shape. Yeah, and uh, cer- certainly would be huge whenever they get him back. And also, you know, Gene Seguro, I feel like a lot of people forget about, but uh, hopefully he'll be back in September uh, as well here. But one of the other things we've been talking about tonight, Tim, is the All-Star game. And the fact that, you know, we've kind of just like lost our our passion for it. And part of that is just age and you love that kind of stuff when you're a kid. How do you feel about the All-Star game? I mean, you're a, a hardcore baseball guy. Do you still have this kind of excitement for, for Tuesday night? No, not the same way I once did. Um, I agree with you 1,000% that going to a generic uniform for both oh. teams like the, one of the biggest parts of the All-Star game is the introductions and the pageantry. Players not wearing their team's uniforms anymore or the, at least the right colors of their team's uniforms, that, that, that really has ruined it to a degree. And I'll be honest with you, I liked when the All-Star game counted for something. I know I'm in the very small minority, but I think people drastically overrate how much World Series uh, home field advantage really ends up shaking things most of the time. And when you had the All-Star game determining that, there was an actual reason to care about the game. You had less players opting out. Uh, I, I just liked it a lot better when there was a purpose to the game. People say it doesn't have to have a purpose. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I think when it did have a purpose, I enjoyed the game more. And it, it really is difficult for me to – expect guys to go out there and throw 99 when this is their livelihood and the game means nothing. Yeah, I totally agree, Tim. I mean, we, we, it didn't end up the way we would have liked it, but 2008, we all remember, you know, Brad Lidge on the mound in extra innings and that being, uh, you know, the one, I guess, I don't know if it's safe, but uh, obviously took the loss for the NL uh, that year. So I totally agree with you on that. And just one more for you. I, I got to ask you, Tim, I know you're a big fan of uh, – Better Call Saul as I am. Are you going to be watching the Home Run Derby tonight, or are you going to be watching uh, Better Call Saul? Be honest there. I know I know you you probably should be watching the Derby, but I have a feeling you might be watching the TV show instead. There'll be time for both, put it that way. Okay, all right, sounds good. That's Tim Kelly, uh, Phillies Nation, joining us uh, for a few minutes. You can check uh, out all the great stuff they do at Phillies Nation. Also, uh, at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter. Thanks for hopping on, Tim. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, Tom. Take it easy. That's Tim Kelly. And Tim brings up a great point, too. I forgot to get to this with the All-Star game earlier. 
And Tucker, we were discussing this a little bit before the show. But it was great when the All-Star game determined home field in the World Series. Like, I just, I don't care who wins this game. And obviously, they don't care who wins anymore. The fact that they're going to make this a circus of a a home run derby uh, if the game's tied after nine innings. I loved when this game, when when that game decided home field in the World Series. It did matter. And, you know, they had the stupid slogan, this one counts or whatever, which is kind of corny. But it did. You know, I enjoyed it. I wish they'd bring that back. Yeah, I just, I don't understand if you want to make this game important, if you want to make people care about it, lowering the stakes doesn't do that, right? It's the opposite. I think we've reached a point now where, you know, Tim mentioned, like, there are a lot of people just opting out. There are a lot of people saying, you know what? It's a long season. I'm going to stay home. Thanks. Like, I just don't think players care enough anymore about playing in the All-Star game. Because guess what? If you get named to the All-Star game and you don't play, on your Hall of Fame plaque, it still says you made the All-Star team, right? Like Bryce Harper made the All-Star team this year, even though he's sitting at home watching the game just like you and me and, and everyone else. It doesn't really affect his legacy at all, and I think a lot of players realize that. But if you have the chance to, you know, help your team down the line and aid them with a potentially extra home game in the World Series then maybe you would have guys on contending teams say, you know what, I got to go. I got to play. I got to do something to to maybe help my team, you know, three months down the line. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I just feel like baseball always gets it wrong. Even when they get it right, they end up getting it wrong. Like, yeah, you, you, you had this great solution. I actually thought it was a brilliant idea. And I watched the All-Star game. Every year, especially because, I mean, those years, it really did matter to us. I mean, the Phillies were 